0: Speaking of the garden and produce and food, we're starting a series this morning called Food for Thought, Spiritual Nutrition from the book of Proverbs. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Proverbs chapter 1. It's not going to be on the screen, and I did not provide you a handout this morning, so you are high and dry. You're on your own. You've got, uh, maybe open up your phone or if you brought your Bible, uh, that's good. By the way, I haven't said this um, I'm part of that licensing and ordination committee, and we deal with new people coming into the Alliance, new uh, Christian uh, workers, new pastors, new missionaries, and we're finding that the current generation coming through, they don't generally, uh, some of them don't have like their physical Bible that they use a lot. So they use a lot. They've got a Bible on their phone. They've got the settings all for it, and that's all, you know, good. But they'll know a passage, but they won't know where it's found. Like, they'll know the content. They can quote it to us, but they don't know where it is in the Bible. Sometimes they do. A lot of times they don't. So I've been talking to some of them. Uh, We have been together, actually, and saying that, you know, if you have your own physical Bible, you are going to learn the scriptures better than if you just look on your phone, right? Like, what if you lived in a house that didn't actually have an address? Just like on your phone. Wouldn't be very good, right? Like, you wouldn't really know where to go. You wouldn't enjoy it at all. You wouldn't have, like, that thing next to your chair in the room where you always have it. That's kind of a ridiculous illustration. But, hey, here's a thought. I don't know if you bring your own Bible or not. I really don't look. Uh, I know that I, I like the fact that I can bring everything on my phone. It's handier. You don't have to carry around a big book. But when you come to church, maybe do, a, do a, an experiment. Maybe get your own copy, physical copy, and use the same one all the time, whatever version you decide to read, and then, and then mark it up. You will find you will learn Scripture better that way. So I didn't do this on purpose this morning, you know, to make you bring your Bible or anything like that. Um, But I'm just thinking about it, and it is true that if you have a physical copy of the Bible, you learn the Bible better, you become more acquainted with it. So we're in Proverbs chapter 1, and the theme of the book of Proverbs is wisdom. And I'm reminded that when, uh, when my wife and I were in youth group together, A few years back, you know, at our church in New York, we've talked about this a couple times. We think about the kids that were in youth group with us, they're not really walking with God today. They just kind of went their own way. They started in youth group in their teenage years making bad decisions, making poor choices, making foolish choices. And they played, according to Proverbs, they played the part of the simple or of the fool. And we all do in different areas of our lives with different decisions. But they did it over and over and over. And then you get to the age where my wife and I are now, or any of us, I suppose. And you are, and your life is an accumulation of those choices that you've made. Whether good or bad. It's just kind of an accumulation. And it's sad to see people who, man, in their 20s, they made just bad choices. And every once in a while, you can make a relationship choice or a career choice or a financial choice that can really impact a lot of the rest of your life. And you see that, they did it in their 20s, maybe in their 30s, maybe in their 40s. They're trying to clean it up maybe in their 50s, but they're so behind the eight ball. And Proverbs talks about wisdom, I remember as a young pastor at a little church in Factoryville, Pennsylvania, the first church that I pastored, I remember being confused about an issue in the church, and so I called up the professor that I had in Bible college that I respected the most. We were still in the area. And I talked to him on the phone, and I said, I've got this and this and this, what would you recommend? And he gave me his recommendation, and I thought, I don't really like that recommendation, but I remember telling him at the time, I said, okay, I'm, I'm young, but I'm old enough to know that I don't know stuff. So you're wise, I'm just gonna do what you're telling me to do because I'm gonna trust that you know better than me, even though it didn't seem like the right decision. Some years down the road, I look back and I am so glad that I listened to him. It was the right decision, even though I didn't recognize it at the time. We were at a retreat in the Adirondacks and the college president uh, was with us and I was pastoring that little church and there was an issue that involved a lot of money and I was just a new pastor. I'm 24 years old. I don't know up from down and I find myself in the lodge talking to the college president and I remember he was asking, you know, how's the little church going and I was talking to him about it and I brought up this issue And I said, and we're gonna do this. And he looked at me and he said, oh, don't do that. Don't, oh, no, you can't do that. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't. Oh, no, you can't do that because of blah, blah, blah. Here's what you need to do, do this, this, and this. Like, okay, well, that's not what I was going to do. That's not what we, as a little leadership team, were going to do. But again, thankfully, I listened to him because it involved, in that day, quite a bit of money. And I would, have, I would have made the wrong decision left to myself. So I, li- I happened to listen to a wise counselor. Now, I've given you two good stories. I've got a lot of bad stories. Like the time in Pennsylvania when my car insurance got canceled. And I didn't know why it was canceled. And so I called up Harrisburg and asked, uh, why was my car insurance canceled? They said, well, your driver's license is suspended. My driver's license is suspended. It was in March that I was talking to them. Yeah, since June of last year, you've, your driver's license was suspended. Well, I, I won't tell you all the reasons why. It's a lot of a lot of little eyes that I didn't dot and T's that I didn't cross at the right time with the right agencies, and all of a sudden I was I was uninsurable because I had a driver's license suspension on my record. Now, if you want to talk to my wife afterwards, she can give you. A lot more stories of, you know, but I just gave you two good stories. Maybe they're the two that I can remember. But when I listened to wise counsel, it really worked out well. And the younger you are, so if you're young here this morning, the younger you are, the more you have to lean toward listening to wise counsel. And the older you are, the more you have to lean toward sharing that wise counsel. And the only thing that brings that wisdom is experience, situations, life, living through situations in your life, and you just know stuff. And so those of you who are younger in here, look to those who are older and go get wise counsel. And it's so classic for teenagers to be, you know, if you're a teenager, you know, you're stuck, you're stuck in your bedroom or the living room or the dining room and your parent is giving you the lecture. They don't know they're giving you the lecture, but they're definitely giving you the lecture, and they've repeated themselves like three different ways, and you've heard it, and you're like up to here, maybe up to here with it, and as a parent, you're giving the lecture, and as you're giving it, you're realizing, my teenager thinks I'm crazy. They're not getting this at all. In fact, I sound a little crazy. I, was, I sound like my parent. And you're right in the middle, but you can't stop because you have to give them the rest. And then you've got to... If you're young, you'll lean into the older person's wisdom. The, the simple or the fool doesn't do that. And they go on their merry way and they pay a price for it. So getting into Proverbs chapter 1 the first few verses uh, talk about what it's all about, what what the purpose of Proverbs uh, is, and as we look at it, Proverbs chapter one verses one through seven, it says this: It says, "The proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and understanding, uh, for wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior." That means. Good behavior. That means wise behavior. Doing what is right and just and fair. Forgiving prudence to those who are simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. That's a beautiful phrase right there. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Wise people listen. Listen. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So that was all one sentence. That was all one sentence. And then it goes to the second sentence of the book of Proverbs and he gives this what is, becomes the motto of the book. And that is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. The the awesome reverence and fear of god god you are you are the one you are the great one you're the creator you're you're all these things that the scriptures say you are and yeah i know you love me yeah i know you're good yeah i'm a little afraid of you i'm just a little afraid of you and so inerrant in this fear of the Lord is a reverence and an awe for God that is also the fear that some of us had when we were kids and we knew our, our dad or our mom loved us but we were just a little bit afraid of pushing the envelope too far because we didn't know what was at the other end. In some situations it's not, it's not like that anymore but you know we, di- we didn't want to know Now, we didn't fear violence or or harm. We just didn't want to really get in trouble. And there's this sense here, the fear fear of the Lord, the understanding that God is God. And this word Lord here in verse 7 is all caps, and it's the word Yahweh or Jehovah. It's the word that when the scribes were writing, they would literally walk away after the, and they would have a ritual purification and cleansing, and then they would come back, and then they would write, Yahweh. And they would have to cleanse themselves before every time they wrote that word. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of knowledge. But fools, contrary to verse 5 that says the wise listen, fools, they despise wisdom and instruction. Eh, I don't need that. Go tell somebody who cares. Here's a quarter. Call somebody who cares. That's what the fools do. That's what the simple does. But the wise person, the wise person listen. Wait, what was it you said? What, what? So you Say that again. Say that again. That was good. Say that again. I need, let me write that down. I need to learn that. I said recently to somebody, if there's a day that goes by where I can't say, huh, I didn't know that. It's not a good day, it's not a good day. I wanna learn things that I don't know. I wanna know something when I go to sleep at night that I didn't know when I woke up that morning. Life would be kind of boring, right? If you didn't have that, if you just knew the same thing day after day after day. It's like, it's like watching the news and just watching the same episode of the news day after day after day from a date that's you know 10 years ago. That's no fun. So the second section here is, it talks about who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the wise or are you going to listen to the simple? Are you going to listen to somebody who knows something or are you going to listen to the fool? Are you going to listen to your parents or are you going to listen to your friends who are just sinners just like you? So where are we going to get our instruction from? Who are we going to listen to? Because in life, we have questions, and wisdom is needed. And I found in four areas of life, you really need wisdom. And the first area is your identity, your identity. Who am I? Who am I? How do I define myself? And of course, in our world today, that's really important, that we know who we are, that we understand who God made us to be. So our identity number 2 our purpose. Why are we here? What what is it? What is the reason for my life? Why am I alive? Is there a purpose for my life? We were just talking, I was talking with my son yesterday about about a guy who had a lot of money and he jumped off like a 30 floor balcony because he was in trouble. He was in trouble, and he saw, he saw nothing in front of him that looked good, and so you just send it. But we have to ask ourselves, what's the purpose of our life? And then another area that we need wisdom in is our relationships. Who do we hang out with? Who do we connect with? Who do we partner with? Essentially, then, who do we learn from, and who do we do life with? And then finally, our possessions, or what we have, or what we accumulate. What is it that we decide to keep What is it that we decide to to get, to acquire, and then what do we keep, and then what do we give away, and then what do we throw away? How much of our stuff owns us, or do do we own our stuff? That whole area of life we need wisdom in. And people, especially young people, will ask these questions. They'll ask, what should I do? What should I do in this situation? Do I go this way or that way? Or what should I say? I'm with this group of people, they're talking about this, What should I say? Or what should I buy? I have these resources, I have this bank account, there are these things that I want, what should I buy? Or what should I value? What should I put value in? What should I think is high on my priority list? Who should I hang out with? That's the relationship question. For some people it's what should I wear? Should I wear this or should I wear that? Should I present in this way or should I present in another way? And then, what is most important to me? What's most important? Is it this or is it that? And then oftentimes, we answer those questions by asking these questions. We decide by saying, well, what are others doing? What are others doing? What's normal? What's everybody else doing? And then, we'll just do the same thing because we don't want to stick out. Or we ask, what will benefit me? How do I make this decision? What do I decide here? What do I do? Well, will it benefit me? And if it doesn't, maybe I need to choose something else. Or we'll say, say, what will bring the most acceptance? Where will other people say, oh, look at them. They're doing that. That's good. That's good. We're all doing that. Yeah, come on. We're all going to do it. Or if we have to kind of reject the crowd, what decision can we make that will bring the least resistance, the least rejection from others? What decision? Or what just, what feels good? What feels good? What brings me pleasure? And oftentimes those are the questions that we're asking to find answers in our life. Those are the questions that the crowd asks. The crowd asks those kinds of questions and they get the predictable answer. I just, I just want to fit in. I just I just want to do what everybody else is doing. I want to be a part of the team. I just, I just want to go with the flow, because that's the easiest. And Proverbs speaks to that. Oh, my goodness. It, it describes throughout the book so many situations where people just, they just kind of get in line and they just kind of go with the flow. And then God says, but the wise... The wise do it this way, and they become this tree of life. Their roots grow deep. They bear a lot of fruit. There's joy. There's reward. There's blessing. And it's not always going the way that everybody else goes, but it's the way of wisdom. And Proverbs talks about the way of wisdom. So it starts out here in verse 8, and it says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction." And do not forsake your mother's teaching. There's a lot in that verse. We can't get hung up on the word son. It's equally applicable to daughter, child. Listen, my child, to a father's instruction. Fathers instruct. And if God says that fathers instruct, then those being instructed, that's a benefit. That's a blessing. That's something that they can take and that they can make their life better with. And it says, listen, listen to your Father's instruction. Are you listening to me? Do you hear me? Are you in there? Ever ask your teenager those questions? You just want to grab them by the ears and pull them out and, is there life in there? Hello, do you hear me? Sometimes they want to rightly do that with us because we've just hit rewind and we're just on the same old tape and we're just doling it out and they just turn the squelch up far enough if those of you who know what squelch is they turn it up just far enough to stop the noise (laughs) and that's when no no they're really not listening so it's incumbent on us as fathers to do what it says in the new testament to don't don't drive our children to the point of exasperation and wrath against us, but to bring them up and teach them and train them in the instruction of the Lord, in the instruction of God's word. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. If you're a child and you have a father, if you have a father who's alive, listen to his instruction. I know it's a rule of thumb. I know that sometimes some fathers aren't going to give very good instruction. They're not going to give very good wisdom, so you don't really want to listen to it. But I bet most dads, if you listen, you're going to pick out. You're going to pick out some wisdom, because number one, they probably care for you. They probably love you. They've probably done more than you've done. They probably got more experiences and learned more lessons in the life of in the school of hard knocks than you have, and as kids, we need to listen. We need to listen, and then we need to listen. Like, yeah, I heard you. Yeah, but you're not doing what I told you to do. Therefore, you're not listening. Listening is kind of like obeying. And then look what it says. It says, and don't forsake your mother's teaching. Mothers teach, mothers teach. It's nothing like a mother to come alongside a child and to teach with that motherly nurture and wisdom. And, and that's a blessing. That's a blessing for kids. So if you are between 12 and 17 years old, I won't ask you to stand. But if you're between 12 and 17 years old, beware, beware These are the years when your parents sound like wah 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 blah 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 they do they sound that way if you're between 12 and 17 that's that's literally what you hear so somehow you've got to recalibrate and retune your ears and just try to do what God's word says. Listen to your dad's instruction and don't forsake Your mother's teaching. And then you could sing like the song we sang, It is well. It is well. And then ten years later, you'll look back and you'll say, Oh, yeah, that wasn't so stupid. Just a little bit, but not really. Not really. It actually, I'm actually glad I listened. I'm glad I listened. And then it says that those two things, a father's instruction and a mother's teaching, they're a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck, some cultural amenities of the day. They're, they're, they'll look good on you. And my son, if, if sinful men entice you, don't give in to them. Now we're talking about, you're not listening to your parents, but now it's your friends. And it doesn't matter how old, how old you are. Here it says, you know, my son But old people do this too. They have people that come along and say, hey, do this with me. And it says, if they say, and then he quotes, come along with us. Let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those that go down to the pit. (laughs) We'll get all sorts of valuable things. And fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. Join us. We're all going to share the loot, the bounty, the cheddar. Come on. It's all good. And we are tempted. We are tempted. It's like last week I talked about Satan in Genesis chapter 3. When he says, did God really say, "Ah, you're not going to die? your eyes are going to be open. You're going to be like him. You're going to know good and evil. You're going to get rich quick. Come on. Three easy payments of $39.95. Just give us your credit card. Just do it. Do it. You can't, there's no way you can lose. My son, verse 15, don't go along with them. Don't set foot on their paths because their feet, they rush into evil. They're swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men, it's actually, it becomes a boomerang. It becomes a 180. They lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. It gets right down to the last line. It takes away the life of those who get it. Obviously, we live in a crazy world. We live in a crazy culture. We just do. It does not align with Scripture. It does not align with the way of Jesus. And we will be invited to join people on the journey. The journey that everyone in society is doing. If you watch TV in the morning hours or early afternoon, you're going to get these kinds of spiels, and it's all going to be directed toward those 65 to 85. You get the same thing, 65 to 85. If you're listening to, you know, whatever the, I don't even know what they call it anymore. Man, I'm really going to age myself now. They don't do the top 40 anymore, do they? Do they do the top 40? No, no, they don't. But whatever it is that you listen to between the ages of, you know, 10 and 22, you'll get the spiels at at that point. You get them on the Internet. You you just get them everywhere. It's called marketing. It's called advertising. You know, 50 years ago they called it Madison Avenue. Cast lots with us. We're all going to share the loot. I love that the Bible has the word loot. No, it actually it actually takes away the life of those who get it. That's not the way of the wise. That's the way of the simple. That's the way of the fool. And then at the end of this chapter, it takes wisdom, the theme of the book, and it personifies wisdom as a woman and it personifies wisdom as this woman who goes out into the street. Now, it's interesting because in a few chapters, there's going to be the personification of this woman who goes out in the street in order to seduce young men, but that's not in this chapter. In this chapter, the woman is actually Lady Wisdom, and Lady Wisdom goes out in the street, and just like back in the 20s and 30s, a little bit ago, when the newspaper kid would go out in the corner and he'd be waving the newspaper and he'd be calling out the headlines, you know, get your get your news here, and you'd come and you'd give him a penny or whatever you gave him and you'd take a newspaper. Lady Wisdom is out in the streets and she's calling out and she's announcing, she's proclaiming, and here's what it says out in the open. Wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall she cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech and hears her speech. This is what wisdom says. She says, how long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent. Change at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I'll make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen, when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, since all that is true, you refuse to listen when I call. You just disregard me. When that happens and when you do that, In turn, I will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they're going to call to me, but I'll not answer. Then they're going to look for me, but they're not going to find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke. They will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Wow. Man, those are, those are rough words. The waywardness of the simple will destroy them, will kill them. And the complacency of fools, Ah, eh, I'm fine, don't bother me. It'll destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Proverbs were written for the moral development of young people. So many young people, eh, eh, whatever. Here's a quarter, call somebody who cares. There are other words that I can say, but they don't sound good up on the platform. But that people would just say, eh, you know, get lost. Get lost. So many people will do that. We see them all the time. Unfortunately, if you drove from TJ Elementary and you took First Avenue and you drove all the way over to Walmart, you'd probably see... Some people, and you just wish you could just go and like just get into their skin and relive their life for them because they've they've thrown it away and now they're like the person in this passage. It's too late. It's too late. So if you're a young person here this morning, it's not too late. If you're under 80, well, I better go higher. If you're under 100, it's not too late. It's not too late because. God can begin today to make that brand new end, okay? But if you are, if you are young people, uh, young people, yeah, if you're a young person here this morning, man, oh, get wisdom. Listen, listen. So this morning, I was standing in the lobby and one of our older ladies came up to me. She needed to tell me something. And when she started talking, I knew right away what she was going to tell me. I sized it up in my mind. I knew my position. I was just going to stand there and, like, just hear her out. And about 60 seconds into it, and it wasn't because of this. It's just because I know myself. 60 seconds into it, I said, okay, Jeff, just turn toward her. Just put your arms down and listen to her. I tell other pastors, Listen to your people. Listen to them. And I just stood there and I just listened. And I said to myself, Jeff, maybe you're wrong. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe you just need to listen to this person and hear their heart. And maybe you should do something about it. And, and it's, all that was true. I just needed to listen. Because the Lord, through her, was able to just shine a little bit more light on my simple mind. So I encourage you, as we begin, a couple things. Number one, would you read a proverb a day? Would you just start today and read Proverbs 25, and then tomorrow's the 26th, so read Proverbs 26 tomorrow. And as we go through this for the next number of uh, weeks or a couple months, would you just read the proverb of the day? Let's let's try that together. Let's try that. Let's track together. And let's see if we can learn from the Proverbs. And would you purposely, if it doesn't matter how old you are, would you purposely, when you get around people that are older than you, would you like pull your ears out a little bit and would you listen and say, God, what can I learn? What can I learn? There's, a, oh, I don't have time for it. We'll look at it next week. There's a, there's a lot in Proverbs that speaks to the culture that we live in. Our culture gets turned around. It gets all twisty-tailed around. And the Word of God straightens all of that out. Now, it's not easy. Sometimes we need to get out the iron and put it on linen, you know, hot, and get some steam in there because it's hard because the culture is difficult. And what makes the culture difficult is not what's right and wrong. It's the people that are all embroiled in it. It's not that, oh, this is right or this is wrong. We, we can figure that out fairly well, but it's when real people are involved in those rights and wrongs, and especially the wrongs, and we want to help them to, to get out of that. That's where it gets difficult. That's where we've got to understand that love always contains truth, that in order to love, you don't have to abandon the truth, but in order to love... Truth has always got to be there. And that's just a difficult thing in our society because everybody comes to you, everybody comes with a story. Everybody comes with a life that is a story. Real people with real issues and real problems. And it can get difficult. But that's why God put us here. That's why God called you to believe in Jesus. That's why God filled you with the Spirit. And that's why God puts you where you're at with the people that are around you so that you can be Jesus, so that you can be a witness and a testimony to the truth. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses here in Newton and in Jasper County and in the United States and to the ends of the earth. And that's exciting. So we'll start in Newton today. We'll start here in Newton today and we'll see where it goes. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the wisdom that you've given us. I thank you that Paul wrote that Jesus, Jesus Christ, he is the wisdom from God. He is the power of God. He is the wisdom in the flesh and that Jesus lives within us that we are followers of him Lord this week would you help us to listen to those wise people in our lives would you help us to seek out the wisdom of counselors and instructors would you help us Lord to listen to our moms and our dads to really open our not just our ears, but our hearts as well, to open the eyes of our understanding so that we can hear not just the words they're saying, but the message that they want to give us and the motive and the intention and the fruit that they want to see in our lives. God, I pray for our young people. I pray that they would love you with all their heart. I pray that they would, in humility, stand before you and commit themselves to you so that their lives could be so fruitful and so blessed and make a difference in this world. God, for all of us, may we love you with all of our heart and love one another as ourselves. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.